I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Reagan Gilliland. And this is Offscript, a podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on my Sunday sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. We are talking about a new sermon series today, Why Church? Why Church? You're not going to do Why Church? Why Church? Like Faith Matters? Well, I quoted Faith Matters at the end of the sermon, and then I did different things in different services. You did. <laughs> It was kind of fun this week. I was like, I don't, know, I don't know what he's going to say. This service it was great. <laughs> Kept my attention. It was awesome. Thanks. Oh, wait, I don't always keep your attention? No, no, you don't. Wow. So. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> Sometimes I am sitting at 945. I'm like, oh, there, we still have one more. Okay. Like, <laughs> I get to hear this one more time. I get to hear this that one same more. joke. Same joke. And I have to practice my fake laugh. True story. My wife, Whitney, said one of my spiritual gifts is that I can tell a story the exact same way every time. So yeah. some of those jokes you've heard many, many times. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's a, it's like a gift because you really do tell it the same way, like the same inflection in your voice, different crowds, different audiences. So yeah. that, that was pre, pre-preacher. pre Okay. Yeah, that's so I've always, it's just something I was born with okay. or I learned from my dad in one of the two. Okay. Great. Um, so yeah, White Church, I think it's, I think it's going to be a fun uh, series. We're in this eight weeks of awesomeness. Yeah. And so, um I don't know. We have a lot of a lot of things to invite people to and and introduce them to. Sometimes some things for the first time, like our new improved chapel. Yeah, chapel is great. Looks so good. Men's service group is really awesome. They and, are. Um, anybody who's any man in the mm-hmm. congregation who's looking for a, pl- a place to plug in, that's a good good group to do it. Yeah. But they did a great job on the on the chapel for sure. They really did, and the video is really great too. Yeah, really good. We've got some incredible members that take caring for others really seriously yeah. so yeah not, not every church has as strong a care ministries as we do so mm-hmm. and mike does a great job with that group yeah so this week we're talking about prayer so the, the premise of the sermon series is um like i think we're all clear or hopefully we're all clear <laughs> and in the spring we spent time talking about why christianity matters and so we get more specific in this series to talk about why being a member of a church matters yeah so, and we're talking about how in week one, we're talking about how this is where we pray together as a community of faith. So that, yeah. was, that was our subject. So you did kind of uh, start off, or one of the first things at the top is that you had a picture of your, your home church. Yeah. And where is your home church? Uh, St. Mary's in Catholic Church yeah. in Barnesville, Maryland. Okay. Yeah. And so it just got me thinking, do you have any specific memories from there that were really significant markers in your faith? Um, so, I mean... What I talk about in the early part of the service, or in the early part of the sermon, rather, is uh, how there's there's been very few seasons in my life when I was not, that I don't remember being connected to a church. Wandered a little bit in my 20s. I think that's a common story for people. But uh, I grew up in the church. I loved that church. It was a small church, a uh, small country church. Beautiful. Yeah. Maryland's a beautiful place. This was about mm, 45 minutes from D.C., something like that. Okay. And... Uh, I I googled images just because I wanted to see, you know, I, w- I was pondering putting pictures up during the service, and sure enough, it looked exactly the way I remember <laughs> it. 
Um, and the in there was an interior shot of that church as well, which is just it just brought back all kinds of warm memories, you know. Yeah. Um, we sat in about the fourth or fifth pew on the right hand side every okay. <laughs> every Sunday. I, I never we never sat on the left hand side. Interesting. Yeah, I don't okay. know why. Um, but I, I you know I saw the pew where we always sit, and the choir was in the loft okay. uh, above us. And uh, there was a I don't remember the choir director's name, but she was there every Sunday, and um, she was the voice you could hear the loudest in the choir loft. And was she good at singing? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, for a Catholic church, yes. Okay. <laughs> Got it. You know, Methodists are known as that's really a deep part of our tradition. Yeah. In music, not as much in the Catholic church. But yeah. She was she was great, and. Um, like there are certain hymns that I remember, "Let There Be Peace on Earth," uh, mm-hmm. stands out, and um, I could rattle off a, a bunch more. But I think just the familiarity of being in that place, the familiarity of grabbing a missalette on your way in. There were no um, Bibles in the pews. You know, okay. you did the reading out of the like every month. They were to be a, a new liturgy and and the readings for that month and all that. Um, I mean, obviously, the holidays, Easter. Um, Stations of the Cross during Lent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just it was just a great place to grow up. Okay, small congregation did a lot of. I said I say this in the sermon, but we did service um, projects all the time. My stepfather and I mowed the grass there more than once. There was a like most Catholic churches, or at least little country Catholic churches, there was a cemetery behind. Okay, the um, sanctuary, and there's like a little fellowship hall where we used to go and do have breakfast with the Knights of Columbus. I mean, just I, I really do love that church. And Father George Reed was the priest when I was there. And that I found when I was Googling those images, I sent this to my mom. Um, I found an article from 2016 about Father Reed. He was also, so he was the parish priest there, and it was also affiliated with a school, like a, I assume it was a high school, uh, that they named a hall in his honor. Mm. Um, but the, the, the picture of him from 2016 looks exactly the way I remember him. <laughs> mom says he's a little thinner than he was back in the day. And he had gotten to that that parish in 1966 mm. we joined the church in 77 and father reed is the one who had the the bumper stickers that jesus loves you and i'm trying okay <laughs> <laughs> which always made me laugh he, he was just a great great guy he, he came to our house uh, several times for meals and just was a, a wonderful uh spiritual mentor growing up he's the one who confirmed me okay and the catholic church uh we had moved away by the time of confirmation it was 10th grade for us um, but I went back and went through confirmation there. So uh, okay. there's a picture of me and of him and me at my confirmation. So, oh, yeah. Uh, when's the last time you visited that church? Like, have you gone back to see it? Mm-mm. Okay. No, it's in, my parents moved away. But, yeah. Um, live in Indiana now. Sure. So the last time I was there, was probably when I was in college. Okay. Uh, maybe, yeah, college probably. So okay. a while ago. A while now. ago. Yeah. Okay. How about you? What was you, did you grow up in church? Yeah, I grew up at Sunrise Presbyterian Church in Salina, Kansas. And Frozen Chosen. Frozen Chosen. And I'm trying to think, I might have some specific memories of like Sunday school class and uh, let's see, just like I can picture the fellowship hall, like getting Mm. donuts, you know, and all that. Um, One thing, we had this really beloved pastor for a long time, and then we had this interim who. I did not enjoy <laughs> enjoy um, because she, you know, she preached, but she also, she would start at the back and like 
come sing in with the choir and then she would like go back and like play the flute and then she would run she would like run back and forth and she didn't need to (laughs) and i just remember thinking like i feel like she's making this all about Mm. her and it just rubbed me the Mm. wrong way Mm. um however wonderful people at that church it looking back it definitely gave me some things foundationally to kind of build upon Mm. um so thankful for that but Mm. i don't have like all the really fond you know my family wasn't involved like going together like it was very kind of individual Hmm. so interesting yeah um so it's interesting like i mean people can't see your face but when you're describing it you can tell there's a lot of affection you have for that yeah for that church yeah there there really is and um mom was watching the service like like she often does from indiana and she uh, texted me that afternoon that she really enjoyed seeing that part of it and hearing hearing my memories of the church i mean like my memories and and it may not be, this may not be, this just may be my memory, mm-hmm. but like if one of us was sick, me or my brother, a parent went with the other one of us. Like okay. we, we did not miss yeah. mass. And when we were traveling, we went to church wherever we were. Um, so it's just always been a, a real central part of my life. Yeah. You're committed. If my dad sang in the choir and if the choir didn't sing, he was like, well, there's no reason to go to the church. That's the level of commitment. <laughs> so that's what, we're, that's what we're going with. Very opposite. Mm. Um, Okay, so then you've also you had spiritual development at Notre Dame, which yeah. you, you might talk about. But then you've also, uh, you know, been in the Methodist Church, being itinerant. You go to different churches, and yeah. so can you talk about kind of the different experiences or what you've learned at each church? Yeah. So, um, so at Notre Dame, um, every dorm has mass every Sunday, and they're at different hours. So I was in a, a relatively new building. It was built in 1969. It was very, my dorm, I mean. Yeah. This is now an administrative, administration building. And we had evening mass at our place. But we, you could go, you know, all over campus. It was just a big deal. And at the time, I think it's slightly less true now, but it's still very Catholic. Like Notre Dame, but the, when I was there, were like 97% Catholic. Okay. I knew one guy. <laughs> this is a true story. I only knew one person the entire time I was there who was not Catholic. He was Jewish, but he was a walk-on kicker. <laughs> yeah, okay. honest to God. And so um, every like every class at Notre Dame, my recollection, first of all, there's you know crucifixes in every mm-hmm. room, and like uh, many many of your classes, not all of them. Like my physics class didn't talk about religion, but there was a required class for everyone who was in the college, college of Arts and Letters called the core class, and that was a literature survey, but the issue of faith came up frequently. And for all of us who were ROTC, there was a required class, not by the military, but by Notre Dame called war law and ethics, where you spent an hmm. entire, gosh, it was at least a semester. It might've been a full year. It was at least a semester though, talking about how the intersections between faith and hmm. like war. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a big deal. And the ironic thing about that is Notre Dame is where um, I kind of began my kind of formal break with the church. I mean, um, my, we were we're Catholic because my stepfather's Catholic, and I'm very grateful for being raised in the Catholic Church. But n- no one that I was related to by blood was Catholic, and and um, not Father Reed, but the priest after Father Reed was very, um, shall we say, how to say, <laughs> negative about anybody who wasn't Catholic. Mm. And so, like, that was a crisis of faith. Yeah. He, I mean, that priest was convinced that everybody who was not Catholic was going to hell, mm-hmm. which was not the official teaching of the church since Vatican II. 
but that was what he believed okay. <laughs> and he was our priest. And so, um, but when I got to Notre Dame, the priests were highly educated, obviously, um, took a much more ecumenical view of the world, but, um, it still was a, an issue for me. So I, my point is that my formation at Notre Dame very much equipped me to ask difficult theological questions, which I'm very grateful for. And then a Methodist by choice, uh, started out in that, that little neighborhood church down the road mm -hmm. yeah. where Reverend Gil, the other Reverend Gilland, yes. uh, the lesser Reverend the lesser. Gilland, serves, That's right. Correct. <laughs> Arapaho, uh, which is a great church, but it had a very particular view on social issues. And, uh, <laughs> then we did 180 and went to Henrietta, mm -hmm. which is a very conservative church, um, part of the world. Um, Henrietta was the place where we learned to be a pastoral family. And, um, man, I could talk, I could do a whole podcast on the reasons I love Henrietta. Mm -hmm. Sherman was a, a more, was a county seat church, still kind of rural, still small town feel, but bigger, mm -hmm. uh, and had Austin college there. And so that was kind of a, um, like a centrist place theologically, politically, everything else. Uh, not unlike where we are here at, at Christ United, but every place has its own way of showing up, its own traditions that are important, its own like liturgies that are important. In uh, in Henrietta, I'm very ha happy about this. It's a, <laughs> it's here's the way they put it: when they decorate for Christmas, it looks like they threw up Christmas. Like okay. it was, it's like there are so many poinsettias everywhere. <laughs> the sanctuary's got red carpet. Like it's it's very festive, and um, all of the holidays are a big deal in Henrietta. And that church is kind of a traditional. Um, church in a very Baptist part of the world. So they really like take the choir seriously, the organ seriously. Um, and uh, like them, they're proudly Methodist. Uh, and then Sherman, um, kind of a similar deal, terrific music program that uh, they had like renovate when they did a renovation on the, on the church, they spent a lot of money on the, on the organ to renovate mm -hmm. that. So like, each of those places, Henrietta and Sherman had a kind of like, if you were for a kid who was raised Catholic, it, it wasn't, it felt familiar because it was as high church as, as a Methodist church gets in that yeah. part of the world. Um, and then I have a very similar feeling here at our congregation, you know, in our sanctuary, it's yeah. comfortable, but it feels kind of traditional. And like the, the reason that all matters for the subject for today is that we were talking about prayer this weekend in the context of the, of the corp of the community. And so we have a, you know, in the Methodist tradition, we have, um, like, a, it's funny. I was visiting with someone who joined the church who, uh, was, is Catholic, long-term Catholic. And there are ways in which a, f a former Catholic can feel very familiar with the, like the order of worship and the creed and the, and that we're doing the doxology now. I mean, all of these, um, these corporate moments where we pray together in the same way every week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that repetition matters. You know, we we're here, we're in the habit of doing the apostles creed every week and we've added back the doxology. We've added back the Gloria Patri, um, which even if you didn't grow up in that tradition, you end up learning that that's our shared language for the faith and it can be formative because mm -hmm. uh, it, it becomes very familiar and then in moments when you need it, you can call back to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the prayers that are pre-written um, or as you memorized or as you call it, free free prayers, right? <laughs> so, um, okay. So you shared 
you know, when was the first time you feel like you heard someone do like a free prayer? <laughs> so, uh, have, so becoming a Methodist at Arapaho, mm-hmm. uh, how well do you know Jack Serber? Not super well. So, I mean, I've interacted with him some. I know his wife, Marty, better. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, they're both terrific at it. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> hearing him pray, like, it was a little intimidating. Okay. Knowing that I wanted to be a pastor and spending so much time with Jack, who is like the most pastoral presence you can imagine. Okay. Um, and... Like he's like his prayers are just so, I don't know. He's just so good at it. Mm -hmm. And that's just not something I grew up doing. You know what I mean? And so, uh, I think I was more self-conscious about it. Ironically Mm -hmm. being around Jack so much because he was so good at it. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm sure he would be horrified to know that. (laughs) Um, but probably Jack is the one that stands out in my mind. Okay. It doesn't matter what the what the venue was. Like we could be at a, a admin, like an ad council. We call it at the administrative council meeting or a program council meeting, and he would like weave together these prayers, like just with, with this really deep theology that really connected with whatever we were talking about in that meeting, and then it would wrap up with this pastoral flourish. And I thought, oh my god, I will never be able to do that. <laughs> like I, I need to write down everything. Yeah. And so there was a, a fair length of time in ministry where I would um, write down all my prayers. And still today, I, I, like if I'm doing the pastoral prayer in the service, mm-hmm. uh, I write it down. It's got to fit on an index card. That's my <laughs> my, okay. my own rule of thumb. I, I, I'm not nearly that self-conscious about it in really any venue now. <laughs> uh, but growing up in Methodism with Jack as a mentor, I, I saw what what was possible with that kind of prayer. And then early on, it was the first mission trip I was on with, um, the youth group. We were on the border. No, no, it was the first one I led. Okay. The first one I led in 2004. Um, and we were in Juarez and, uh, Andy Lewis, who's okay. now the conference, he's now the assistant to the Bishop yeah. conference office, um, was called on to pray. They were like, he was there with a different church at the time, a church in McKinney. And the, it was, not a youth group. He was with his, like he was the pastor of that church with his group. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Jose Luis who runs Proyecto Abrigo, I think still asked him to pray. And I, I felt like I dodged a bullet because there were several of us leading mission trips there. And he, Hey, up and asked Andy. Yeah. And so and then Andy came up with this, like Andy's super pastoral too. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know, uh, like it's, it seemed like it was a gift I was never going to get, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that I've ever, you know, I think I'm an adequate free prayer right okay. now, but it's still not my wheelhouse. Okay. So have you heard someone pray in tongues before? I have okay. on a mission trip, actually, okay. on the border. Okay. Um, we were, this, this was the earlier, the oh. first mission trip I went on. We were down in uh, uh, Matamoros. And before we crossed the border, the only, I don't know, the youth minister, I was not the youth minister, I was a volunteer, and she had found this little church for us to go to, and it was, it turned out it was Pentecostal. Sure. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> I had, it was the, it was so out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was early on, like I had not been a Methodist that long and button down Catholic, you know, it's all hail Mary's and our fathers, you know? Yeah. I'm like, what, what is this? I don't know what to make of this. Have you? Oh yeah. I, so when I studied abroad, um, while everyone else was like going to pubs, I was like, I'm going to find a church when I'm studying abroad. Uh-huh. So I found a church. Where? Like, uh, what in, country? 
And London. Okay. And London. And wow. London. So speaking in British tongues. Yeah. And so, Whoa. so I joined like, cell, like they called them cell groups and stuff. But I yeah, remember yeah, like yeah. we were in this like room and we're all in like little groups of like three or four. And I remember like praying in my group. And then I hear someone behind me. I'm like, they are not, I don't know what they're speaking. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this church is different than I'm used to. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been around it. And then I went to, uh, do you know IHOP in like Kansas City? Huh. International House of Prayer. I mean, I know what IHOP is, yeah. Um, I went to one of their conferences, and it was real scary. And mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. An IHOP conference? So yeah. International House, House of, of Prayer. Oh, 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 oh. Not of pancakes. Not of pancakes. Not of pancakes. <laughs> like pancakes. I'm He's like, like, I know what IHOP is. Yeah, I mean, but, I've been to IHOP. They've been really like speaking pan- in tongues pan- at pancake IHOP. Pancake trio. Yeah. <laughs> no. They yeah. honestly call it IHOP? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know if it's very, still together. Very, very charismatic. They've had a lot of controversy. There's been like murders it's it's weird whoa it's, yeah um but i went to one of their conferences and they were speaking in some weird thing I was interesting like, so yeah anyway now yeah <laughs> i got feelings about this i got issues you know I, but it's just not my tradition yeah that way. okay but i will say like i do feel like a lot of people probably feel like i am not good at prayer mm-hmm. praying mm-hmm. and so how can you like encourage people like it's not like you don't have to be have all these theological terms you <laughs> right. know right like what would you say to someone? Um, I would say that, so like what we try to do with our two boys at home is, I mean, we have the kind of set grace prayer that they learned in preschool. And, um, you know, and this God is, uh, God is great. God is great. Let us thank him for mm-hmm. this total sidebar. So we were, we were foster parents for a while mm-hmm. and we had this little guy, Noah in our house. And, uh, he clearly had never all had held hands and prayed at meals. So he had been with us for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, maybe less than that. And he said, I want to do the prayer. And we're like, and he was little, he was like three or four. And, uh, we said, okay, great, Noah. And he said, God is great. God is good. God is looking for our food. <laughs> <laughs> so every once in a while we pray that one. That's so, cute. Oh, that's so cute. When we don't, when we don't do that one, it's like, we just, say what's on our minds. Okay. Like if it's somebody's birthday, it's like, what are, what are we, what are we thankful to God for about mm-hmm. this person? If at, at the end of the day, um, we just do a bunch of gratitudes mm-hmm. to try to equip them not to be intimidated. Like you don't have, you can do the Lord's prayer. That's fine. You can do an eloquent prayer if you want. Um, but really it is just a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, um, like it's not that practice makes perfect, but practice certainly, um, gives you more comfort. That mm-hmm. is that. That's really all it is. Yeah. And so prayers can be very short, or they can be very long. Mm-hmm. But don't make them really long if you're trying to eat, because people don't want their food to get cold. <laughs> that's nothing more annoying than a really long prayer so when you're trying to eat. Whitney's grandmother, when she moved to, um, she had to go to assisted living in Michigan back when her parents lived there, and uh, they randomly found it was a home in Michigan um, for retired preachers, Methodist preachers. Okay. And she said it was the worst when you call on a retired preacher to pray because, oh, my God, they have a lot to say. They have a lot to say. <laughs> they haven't been in the pulpit in a long time. And she would just laugh. She liked to give, you know, kind of tease about that. Yeah. Um, but you might get a retired preacher does a five or six minute prayer while people are just trying to eat their food. Yeah. Say, God like, is Thanks. Great. I got to go. God is good. God is looking what for What does it food. say that there needs to be a special place like that? A like, special place? Like, for- a, like a targeted it was beautiful place for too. Methodist pastors it was, to go. Like I totally would have retired there. It was awesome. <laughs> it was like a big old. It was. 
it was, I don't even remember the name of the place. I'm sure Whitney would remember it, but it was really, really nice. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know of any such place around here. Some of my friends, clergy friends talk about going to CC Young. We're like, let's just put the down payment and get get our rooms next to each other. So college 2.0. Hey, people who live at CC Young love CC Young. I know. That's that's their place. Is that retired preachers? There's a, I think there's a lot of retired. There's a lot of them, but it's like, I mean, there were lots of our congregates from uh, UPUMC huh. yeah. that live at CCM. Yeah, so it's all kinds of huh. people. So, right. And I did a rod runner. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I knew that guy. <laughs> it's a great story. Like a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sled. He built sleds after he did the I did a rod. Diesel. Wow. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Ends up in Dallas. Yeah. Now he's a blacksmith and teaches blacksmith classes huh. at the at CCM. There well, you that's go. Awesome. See, mm-hmm. always learning. Yep. Um, okay. So I, I honestly do have a question because, so you tell this funny story of, <laughs> <laughs> about, I forgot his name, Bill. No, it was Bishop Bledsoe. Oh, well, Earl Bledsoe. not that one. Um, the president's, uh, oh, correspondent. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 About how he, well, you can say it real fast. Yeah. 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 So it was when Bill Moyers was the press secretary for, uh, Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Johnson. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Moyers was saying grace one day at some cabinet event and <laughs> Johnson, uh-huh. I mean, listen, whatever your political views about Johnson were, it is historically true that he could be a little domineering and a little bit profane. Yeah. And so Moyers was praying and, uh, <laughs> Johnson yells down the table, speak up, Bill. I can't understand a blankety blank thing you're saying. And Moyers said quietly, I wasn't addressing you, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is such that's that, that story. Awesome. Every time you told it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, so funny." <laughs> um, but I do wonder, like, growing up Catholic, like, do you most? Of, this is me, like, showing. I just don't know. Like, do you really address Mary more? Was it was there a shift once you started? Like, did your sh- prayer shift? And then, how do you normally address God? Like, do you have like a? Uh, yeah, these are all these are great questions. So. Um... I mean, obviously the Hail Mary. So Mary, devotion to Mary is an important part of Roman Catholic piety. But most of your prayers are not, I would say most of your prayers are not necessarily to Mary. Like okay. if you're, if you're praying the rosary, there's a lot of those that you're praying to Mary for intercession. Um, uh, but normally it would be to, to God, okay. kind of generically to God. Um, I would say my most, my go-to descriptor for God, um, would be gracious God. Like that's how I mm. think of God. Okay. Like that's my default. Yeah. Um, and then I also love the Jesus prayer. You, you know that? So Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, center. That's yeah. a, like in the Orthodox tradition. That's a very popular prayer. So I would say it's always at this point, it's always either God generally speaking or Jesus. Jesus, our son. Right, <laughs> Jesus, our son. Yeah, yeah, that was a mistake I made in service one time for this during the communion liturgy. During the communion liturgy, it's fine. <laughs> now let's pray to our son. Jesus. Our son. Once again, you are on the board. You passed me, so that's your fault. Okay. Um. Okay. So, how do you think prayer really transforms us, even if things don't happen like we request or ask? Yeah. So, I think the first thing about prayer is that it. Um, it is de facto an act of humility because you're, you're, uh, interacting with someone who is God, who is not you. Mm-hmm. And so as long as that's our starting point, then I think like there's a, it's a kind of a layered question here because, 
Um, not all, not all prayers are requests. Mm-hmm. They can be Thanksgiving prayers, of Thanksgiving. They can be prayers of confession. They can be, um, prayers of praise. And then there can be, they can be petitions for specific things. Um, but ultimately, you know, that the most famous prayer in Christianity is the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. And he, and Jesus taught us to pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done mm-hmm. as opposed to my will be done. Right. And so, uh, I think keeping that in, in perspective is really important. You know, where it gets tricky for people, I think, is when you're praying for uh, the safety of a family member or recovery of a family member or whatever, and that doesn't, mm-hmm. like, they're not healed in this life. Yeah. They're not cured in this life, I think is the better way to put that. Healing can happen in a whole lot of ways. Our yeah. cure is a very specific thing that right. we request. And I think where we get into trouble theologically is when we expect things to happen on our terms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the way life is. And so... You know, as long as, as long as our prayers are, um, you know, Jesus in the garden the night before his death, before his crucifixion, uh, says not what I want, but you want, like he, he makes a very specific request take this cup from me if yeah. it be your will, but not ultimately what I would want, but the, what you want, like mm-hmm. deferring in other words to a higher power is, is pretty important. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. That's good. All right. What do you think about that? No, I think, um, I think with prayer, I mean, I think you, you can learn just as much about who God is and then you can learn a lot about yourself, especially if you do like a long, like if you pray the same thing for like a long time and things don't, you know, whether it could be, um, let's say you are praying for us, um, you're going through a painful time and you don't feel like things are maybe the, whatever situation doesn't go away, but the way that, um, God surrounds you with with people, like there's things that are still kind of answered again, but just in a different way. I think you see a lot about how God works in the world, even if it's not exactly how you want Mm -hmm. God to work. I don't know. Um, and there's things that you learn about yourself that sometimes, you know, I've prayed something for a long time and then after a while I didn't necessarily want it Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I feel like something transformed me and I no longer Mm -hmm. want that or feel like I need that. So there's, there's a lot of transformation that goes on in ourselves when we pray a lot. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, and then, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the old thing too. Every prayer is answered. Sometimes the answer is no, mm-hmm. or sometimes the answer is not now. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, to me, as long as for me, I'll put it that way. Um, prayer is about my effort to nurture my relationship with God, not as much about me getting what I want because mm-hmm. you know, God's not Santa Claus and we right. hear that. Um, but if I don't take the time to connect with God every day in that way, then, you know, like I'm, I'm neglect, I'm neglecting my part in that relationship. Yeah. And you do yours more like in the morning, not that you don't pray throughout the day, but your time you have found like is in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. For the most part. So, um, I mean, what would you say to someone? Okay. Like for me, example, like doing, like the early morning, I'm not an early riser. Um, it's hard for me to find time, <laughs> like a designated time. And I think I've gone through phases where I've really beat myself up because there were times in my life where like I got up, I journaled, I prayed, I did all the things. And then I have this guilt and shame. I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. Am I not as hmm. faithful because my prayers are maybe more rushed or not hmm. as long? Like, what if someone's feeling like that? What would be your encouragement to them? 
um, well, I, <laughs> I, I think it was a, it was a friend I'm trying to think who said this to me and it was, I was going through something in particular in my life and, uh, I was trying to, I didn't think that I should feel this way mm-hmm. about this thing. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And in this case it was a miscarriage, but that gets real. I don't yeah. want to get all personal about that, but he, he, he said, you got to stop shouldn't all over yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I, I just, I don't know expectations mm-hmm. in other circles you would hear this expectations are a resentment waiting to happen like mm-hmm. it there's there's no there's no set way we have to do anything we're, mm-hmm. we're methodist right we don't have our piety is not such that we're regimented and mm-hmm. you know you must do this at this time and this at this time and this is. so there are plenty of times these days i where if i if for whatever reason i've gotten up late and we're trying to get the kids to school and i run out like i don't run I, I can't make it out the door before I do my little routine. Mm-hmm. I'll grab my prayer journal and my prayer beads and put them on my backpack and figure out a time at work later that day. Okay. <laughs> to me, it's just, it's uh even though I like to be more regimented in the morning during the pandemic, that was pretty easy during <laughs> like lockdown quarantine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about finding time each day to connect at some point. Mm-hmm. And there are times where I'll make it all the way to the end of the day um, and realize how oh, shoot I haven't, mm-hmm. Sometimes, by the way, it's my reaction to something during the day has reminded me that I haven't just taken the time to reconnect yeah. with God. And so right before bed, I'll say a prayer. When it's With the kids, it's easy because it's either a prayer time or, I mean, bedtime or mealtime. We always pray, and sometimes that's a prompt. But, it, I mean, I, we believe in a gracious God, and I think uh, being gracious with ourselves is important. It's the It's not about guilt. It's not about what we should or should not be doing. It's about our desire to connect with God. Mm-hmm. And so whatever works for each of us, I think is what we need to emphasize yeah. and work on. No, that's helpful. I just, I, maybe I'm more aware of it being like a young mom and I'm tired, <laughs> you know, and it's just, I think it's helpful that you talked about, you know, a prayer of Thanksgiving. Sometimes we think, oh, prayer has to be like praying specifically for, I don't know what it may be, but maybe just saying like a prayer of Thanksgiving, like that can be your mm-hmm. prayer time for the yeah. day. Like that counts. And so that was really helpful as a good reminder of that. There's, there's all kinds of prayers. Um, you don't have to be exhaustive and, and journal and make sure you're praying for all the things in the world, mm-hmm. but a simple, some sort of time is, is good. So that was a helpful reminder yeah, for yeah. me in your sermon. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay. How is praying together as a community different than praying by yourself? Yeah. So that's really what I wanted to emphasize in the sermon. I mean, like we have all these things that we're, we have all these ways in which we're, we're trying to help people, uh, deepen their prayer life. And we talked about that in the sermon. Mm-hmm. So Paige Christian, our associate pastor of care ministries, uh, has been doing a lot of work with this. We have a prayer team. We've got the pray for me campaign. We've got the prayer wall and Candler chapel. Um, and all that's important. And I kind of came, I listed those things at the end of the sermon. Um, but in Ephesians, what Paul's talking about in the reading is, uh, how, prayer is the thing that helps us connect with the wisdom of God and helps us discern the will of God. And so, um, I think, I mean, the obvious ways we do that in the community is, is in worship. We call ourselves to worship. We pray a creed. And even if not everyone has worked through all the theological, uh, tenets of those creeds, mm-hmm. saying together the collective faith of the church is really important. I think, um, we do the doxology of prayer of Thanksgiving after the um, offering. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those things are about um, 
helping us as a community understand who who are we as a community faith? Who does God want us to be? And in our prayer of uh, like the pastoral prayer, the prayers of the people, the call to worship, those are they they tend to vary mm-hmm. by each worship service, and they're connected to whatever the theme is for that day. So that's all in worship. But then you know, I mean, every time, ideally, anything that happens on campus here should begin or end with prayer. Ideally, mm-hmm. and I, there are very few exceptions to this, even in random meetings, people will, uh, the chair typically will ask somebody to pray. And certainly if there's a pastor in the room, the pastor often gets asked to pray. Free pray. Free pray. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as intimidating. As <laughs> it be. But it's just a reminder of why we're there, what we're there for, seeking God's guidance. Um, and, and all of that can be transformative. It helps us to remember that it's not all about us. Mm-hmm. That in fact, I mean, I'll just put it a little more sharply. It's not about us. <laughs> at all, it's not at all about us. It's not just that it's not all about us. It's not at all about us. It's about it's about God and what God would, would want us to do. And um, that simple act, it's an act of you can you can use the word obedience. I'm not crazy about that word. You can it's an act of humility. It's an act of formation. Um, but all of it helps us to see the at least try to see a bigger picture. Okay. So someone that's starting um, to pray more. Um, is there anything that you think? You know, you don't want to give like a long list to people what they should, but should pray for. But is there anything that you're like, hey, I feel like this is, these are at least a couple of things we should be praying for daily. Mm. Do you think there's anything that you wish that people would pray or I don't know? Um, I mean, I think there are some key components that, uh, that are helpful. First of all, if any people like if, if wrote prayers, like pre-written prayer, like, um, mm-hmm. standard prayers are helpful. I mean, the Lord's prayer is a go-to mm-hmm. The Jesus prayer for me is really helpful. Um, I have a couple of books that I used early on in, uh, after I became a Methodist and then was trying to figure out the pastor thing <laughs> there, it's called the Celtic benediction, which okay. is a little, it's from Iona, which is a, hmm. a Celtic community and it's got, it's morning and night prayers. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Well, it's a look by J Philip Newell, N E W E L L. And I've recommended it to people a lot over the years. Okay. Um, and that's kind of a guided, like, here's your Monday prayers. Here's your Tuesday prayers. Mm-hmm. It's a little thin volume and it, it it's got like a like a little opening prayer. It's got a Psalm verse. It's got a uh, little section that says, pray for the, pray for the world and its mm-hmm. peoples. Like it's really, it's really, it's quite nice. Um, but for me, uh, in my own kind of prayers that are on my prayer app or whatever, it starts with gratitude. Family's always next, like, you know, Whitney and the boys, um, the congregation, mm-hmm. whatever's specifically going on in the world. Um, people ask us to pray for all Mm -hmm. kinds of things as pastors. So, you know, like in your circle and your friends or whatever, uh, praying for people who mourn, people who are going through hard times, refugees. I mean, there's like, but, but all of that is, can be shaped by whatever the thing is that moves you the most. Like Mm -hmm. your, um, where your interest meets the world's deepest need, (laughs) you know, that I think that's what's going to, what's going to be most sustainable for people. Um, and all of that, if it's in the context of prayer, deepens our relationship with, with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a go-to book or like devotional um, guide or whatever? Uh, I mean, for a long time, I mean, it's been a while, but I, I did used to really love, uh, is it utmost for his highs or utmost mm. for, you know, Oswald Chambers, mm. um, which I haven't read in a long time. I'm sure if I were to go back, I might be like, Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> but again, you can still, gather a lot of good things, even if you don't completely. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that a few years, like many years in a row. So it's all marked up. Um, 
I've got a, a newer, um, I close in a benediction on the Women's Ministry Day, uh, the rhythm of prayer. There's a lot of female leaders. Um, and then I have this other one, I forgot what it's called. It's just specifically met female Methodist clergy that submitted prayers for different things for all kinds of occasions. Um, so I go to that a lot. Um, but I'm more of a total free prayer, like just, just let it rip, you know, just go. So <laughs> that's just let it rip. Um, so that's I, kind of my go-to. I also think the pray for me campaign is a great way. Mm-hmm. Like this is the thing that, that Paige was spearheading where the congregation adopted 1500 kids who are part of our congregation and pray to pray for them throughout the school year. Like that, that seems like a very simple act, but that discipline is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody is looking for like a prayer partner in that way, mm-hmm. um, there are resources that, that Paige has. And then I think at this point, the Sunday schools are kind of managing or yes. Sunday school classes are managing the, the, the names. Mm-hmm. Um, and then joining the prayer team is another great possibility yeah. where the petitions of the church would be prayed for by people on the prayer team. Yeah. And it, again, Paige at CUMC, P-A- I G E at C U M C dot com. Be a good resource. Yeah. Okay. Well, we maybe should post some of the books that we use for prayer as an additional resource. Um, but no, this was, was I enjoyed this conversation today. Talking yeah. About likewise. Prayer. Likewise. Uh, so it was a Labor Day weekend. So I hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. This coming week, we're spotlighting your ministry area in particular. So where mm-hmm. we, I'm preaching on, uh, something from Proverbs. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, uplifting adult discipleship so we're just inviting people to visit sunday school uh classrooms um that maybe you just haven't got plugged in because they really are always wanting to grow Mm -hmm. and invite new people um so it's a great time to check them out and then um in the atrium we also have all the signups for all the other fall classes and groups and things to get involved in and so it should be a great sunday that's awesome yeah all right friends that's a wrap for today we appreciate your time every week and we will be back next week with another episode of Offscript. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Offscript. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gilland. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.